Hey guys, thanks for tuning in to uh, Mentors for Military. I'm Robert. I'm Paul. And uh, we just had an incredible weekend. Uh, but before we get into that topic and everything, I want to talk about some of the ways in which you can help support the podcast. One of those is to, of course, like and share on social media. Um, Mentors, the number four MIL is how you find us there. Um, it's the same thing uh, for right here on YouTube. Make sure that you... Um, you know, say that uh, you want to follow us on the subscribe on the channel and everything and hit that little bell uh, that you see up in the top right. And when you hit that bell, it'll remind you every time that we're going to be uh, dropping a new episode, which is going to be really important as we start dropping some of the cool stuff that we did. Um, you can also make comments and everything either on the videos or go out to Spotify, to uh, Apple or some of your uh, favorite podcast apps and everything. You can listen to the entire episodes there as well as leave a comment and a like to support us. And if you're really feeling frisky, you can go out to patreon.com and you can find us there as well at Mentors the Number 4 MIL and uh, drop us a dono, you know, give a donation and uh, help support the podcast. It's uh, allowing us to bring incredible equipment that you see around here and guests and stuff to our show. Um, and anything that I missed yeah, there? I mean... We can't thank you guys enough for supporting us and liking and subscribing and listening for the last six, seven years. It's been an incredible ride, and we just want to keep going and making it better and do more trips, do more exciting videography, more exciting YouTube. And you know, we can't thank you guys enough because you're helping us do that, like this last weekend when we went up to uh, Fifth Ranger training. It was pretty awesome. Pretty awesome. Couldn't have done it without you. We have... Uh you know several patrons that uh patreon patrons that we'd like to you know acknowledge and stuff again like paul said thank you guys who continuously support us in that manner and uh, you know again for everybody that's liking and sharing the podcast so let's talk a little bit about fifth ranger training battalion because um we got a chance to go up there we're going to be dropping some videos along the way of some of the experiences that we had there but why do, why do people even go to ranger school in the first place, people may ask. you know, It's yeah. it's the premier leadership course. It is. It's the premier leadership course, maybe in, in the military. That's my opinion. And you know, one of the big reasons you go if you're in 75th Ranger Regiment is because you have to. <laughs> but <laughs> but you yeah. go because you cannot be a leader in that organization, which is the standard bearer of the Army, right. that unit is, without that school. And so there's a lot of faith and fidelity in the quality of that education you're going to get. I know me personally, I could not have been a leader in the military without that school in combat. I, there's just no way. My feeling of going into combat before and going into combat after as a leader was polar opposites. When, when I got out of ranger school, I, I knew I was going to do the best of my ability and I knew what I was doing. So, the, and the reason is, you know, you're in that school with... You know, SF guys that have served for 20 years. Um, sometimes senior officers, sometimes senior enlisted are there, or mostly staff enlisted, not really senior enlisted. And and then you've got the Ibolic students. You know, they've just graduated, and they're brand new officers, and they're going to go, and they're going to be infantry leaders. And now as a young private, I get to interact with those guys who have a real military education uh, from an officer's perspective. And it's not just them. I mean, you've got no. Air Force and Navy and Marines yes, and all different absolutely. walks of life. That well, that, the guys from the 82nd. Yeah. You know, I mean, that's a, a great light infantry unit. So just 
anecdotally for me it was great to see how those guys operated and see what we did the same what we did different because it's an excellent unit and they have a very similar uh, light infantry history and and continuing role so yeah. it's the cross training the the people you meet and, and what you get from them it's massive and it's the instructors of course too you think about that top notch so now you've got this conglomeration of excellent students who are motivated driven i mean they they're there because they want to be there yeah and then you've got the cadre that's got they're all victor qualified which means you've been to ranger school they're all you know have relevant experience and then they get extensive training so that when they're teaching you it's uniform you know if you're from instructor to instructor it doesn't matter they have the the same base knowledge and when it comes to doctrine it's just a well, one of excellent things, organization one of the things i didn't realize is that um you know in the case of the ranger instructors to get to where they can actually evaluate a platoon leader mm-hmm. and they exercise on patrols you've had to have had about 18 months of experience before you even allowed to grade that component of it or squad leader level maybe like at about 12 months and so on and so forth so there's different degrees of of uh, competency and capabilities within yeah. that organization that are pretty outstanding and i think you'll find that all the way across the course but I want to also, um, you know, at this time frame, give a little bit of a shout out to 5th Ranger Training Battalion who allowed us to come up there when we picked up the phone and we called them and, uh, you know, I spoke with Lieutenant Colonel Green and said, hey, we'd love to really expose and bring forward all these myths and everything around what, uh, you know, the mountain phase is, what that uh, portion of the Ranger School, because it is by far the most challenging portion of the three phases of Ranger School. I think so, yeah. And... um, you know, at least some people say there's the physical side of it and everything that's right. in the Darby phase and such. But the, when you get to um, the mountain phase, you're pretty tired. You're pretty hungry. And then you yeah. got to really focus because you're on the mountains. But Right. Yeah, you're in a dangerous environment in the first place. <laughs> yeah. You're tired and hungry. It's You start walking yeah. patrols on those mountains and everything. You better know what you're doing. And uh, so... You know, when when they answered the call and said yes, no, we want to we want to break all that down. We want to be able to um, you know showcase what we do here. Uh, again, the professionalism, the caliber of NCOs and officers that are at this location, yeah. um, and and not only that, but you know the types of people that end up coming through. They're the regular Joes and Sallies yeah. and you know whatever. I mean, they're the they're just regular people that come from all walks of life that want to be challenged, and I think. That's a little bit around like, you know, you want to start your circle of friends to be people who will elevate you. Exactly. And so these are like-minded people who are trying to go through this training. Yeah, very like-minded people. And it's sort of, it reminds me of like my er- the early years of my career, really the first year, I got to basic training and I was so proud. So I'm like, cool, I get to serve my country. And I'm looking at my drill sergeants and they, they've got, you know, their cool guy badges and their, you know, staff NCOs that that are the best of the best and you know they're instructing me but my my peers was a little more mixed you know, i was in um i was in the loving charlie it's a mortar we were a mortar only basic um platoon and you know some of those guys i wouldn't have a beer with i, I didn't even want to be in the barracks with them you know i mean <laughs> it was like i don't even know how the heck they got in the army and some of them got weeded out in basic but but not all yeah and so the quality of product that came out of basic training was what it needed to be at that time but I thought, hey, I don't know if I want all of these people to be my peers. If yeah. I, I don't know if I want to go to combat and, and and get my military education this way. So 
I ended up in airborne school and then that kind of narrowed the field a little bit and I'm looking around I'm like all right this is more like it these guys are more like me right they're driven and stuff but it was still not everybody you know and so I was like all right I need to get a little bit more refined and that's when I realized I needed to go to SF or Rangers or something something that would weed out more people so that I could be around the most driven excellent dedicated hard-working people that were gonna make sure that I came home from combat that was really you know the one of the fundamental basis of my concerns just to be clear you didn't go in with like an option 40 no I um I had a airborne contract 18 yeah. uh, 11 x-ray and I did pretty good in basic training I didn't know I could ask for option 40 then or, yeah. or, or I might have um, but my recruiter had warned me, like, hey, when you get done with basic and you get done with airborne, you're not going to want to right. continue training. I, I kind of had a feeling he didn't characterize me accurately, but I thought, this guy's done it, so so we'll sign the contract. In airborne school, I did pick up option 40, kind of by accident. Um, I went to a brief with a buddy, and yeah, you know, I was like, I'll go to the brief with you because you can't go alone. got to have your bad buddy. And by the end of it, it was pretty much a done deal. Well, see, that's an important factor that I think we try to call out in some of these uh, episodes is that, you know, you can end up getting into um, Ranger Regiment, whether or not you're in Airborne School, OSIT, you know, which is one station unit training, basic training, and it could be you're at an installation with an MOS that's both basic training and AIT, or when you get to AIT location, if you have the right MOS, it's a fit and stuff. They have liaison people there that do that. But your path to Ranger School was a little bit different because you chose to go to Ranger Regiment. Like you said, yes. it's a it's a rite of passage. If, yes. if you're going to stay in Regiment and you're going to excel and move up through the ranks and everything, there's a point of which you have to go to Ranger School. And if you don't make it, yes. then you don't carry the standard any longer. And for the most part, unless they allow you to, you're you're out of Regiment. That's it. Pretty, and, pretty much. Sometimes yeah. you get, you'll get a gimme if you were in really, really good standing in your service so far have been exemplary then yeah very often you'd get another shot right or if you were low density mos you know we need at that time we needed satcom guys you know so if you had to take two or three cracks at it they'd, they'd let you do that um for infantry is a little different but really the reason i got there at all was because i befriended somebody in basic training who you know him and i wanted to do more and we kind of looked around and so like you know, I think I can perform a little bit better than that guy, or I'm not sure if this is the peer group I want. And we were the ones, me and him and a couple other guys that were, you know, after lights out, we'd, we'd throw on our kit and we'd be doing sit-ups and push-ups and all this other stuff, just trying to make sure we were going to max our PT test. And you know, he was really motivated to go to Ranger Regiment, hmm. you know, and because we were friends, that's what got me into the brief because I was going to Italy. I wasn't giving that. That's right. You were going to 173rd. Yeah, yeah. I was like, there. when I walked into that briefing, I was like, there is zero probability that I'm giving up my orders to 173rd and and going to be a ranger and continue training yeah. and staying on Fort Benning. But that, that just shows you the value of your peer group because this wasn't in my mind. And it led to literally the rest of my life. The whole rest of my life would be completely different if I hadn't befriended the guy who I thought would make me better and would drive me and be a good peer to get through basic training in airborne school makes total sense and i mean you think about those guys and in the path by the way let me start off with the path by the way to ranger school doesn't always have to lead through what you just described no, in regiment most of the guys who have been um successful who have told us that you know they had the the best chance of getting through and actually successfully completing it were 
people who are 25 to 30 years old mm -hmm. because, you know, they were more mature. They were later in their career phase and everything. And they realized the value of the school. And again, they were hungry for, you know, additional training, the challenge, you know, pushing themselves to the yeah. limit and those types of things. And if they'd have gone there, maybe at a younger age, they wouldn't have appreciated truly what it's about, and they probably wouldn't have been successful in doing so. And also, as you know, when you're young and you haven't experienced as much, you know, your your gauge is a little off when it comes to hardship or what may be possible or not. And I think the older guys, you know, if you've if you're 25 and you know you've kind of made your way and you're into the into the military, you've experienced some things, mm -hmm. and so you might get to ranger school and think, okay, this is very physically challenging, and they got some this is an austere environment, but it's not going to be so shocking to the system. I think some of the young guys, it's like this big mythical thing that they've got to go and do. And it's, they're just, I'm just, I'm just Paul. I'm just Joe that came in and yeah. now I've got to go and climb the mountain and fight the lava monster with the sword like the Marine commercials, you know? Yeah. So. And, and my path was a little bit different because I had always wanted to go through these types of premier pro uh, programs and never got a chance to do it because I wasn't at the right installation. And again, you get to talking to some of the guys that are even ranger instructors and it was much of the same way. Yeah. You know, they got an assignment, let's say, to Fort Benning or to something of that yep. nature that allowed them the opportunity to pick up some of these schools they wouldn't otherwise go. And for me... Um, it was kind of that similar type of thing. Man, I'm right here at the installation. I have Pathfinder School, yep. Airborne School, Ranger yep. School, all these opportunities that are right here in front of me. And I want to go and work with the best. And unfortunately, I didn't get a chance to go to Ranger School, um, got injured in Airborne School. But the opportunity um, to work still side by side with some of those people that were there on Fort Benning that were either within um, the battalion, you know, 3rd Battalion or 75th Ranger Regiment, um, we're at 4th RTB you know, um, up at 5th RTB and stuff like that was really exciting. And this is my first opportunity to actually go and experience something that I wanted to see. Yeah. But I know I've got a, a card where I could drive up on base. I mean, basically, right. if you have a driver's license and a reason to be there, for the most part, you're going to be fine and getting up Camp Merrill in Dahlonega, Georgia. But um, going there and being able to see it in the way in which they exposed it to us right. um, was pretty exciting for me. You've yeah. been there. Was, you got a chance to relive it. Yeah. But yeah. Well, it was exciting for me, too. I mean, I I didn't know what how to like sort out my emotions on the way there because, you know, it was a stressful time and lots of good memories and all this stuff. But, you know, we got up on the rappel tower, and I'm like, man, this is so freaking cool because... You know, I, I love all of you, Rob. I mean, we've had a great time on the podcast, and we're really good friends. And you've been an excellent mentor to me. But you know, I, I've got a couple buddies like you that I just I wish we could have served together. Yeah. Because you know, if you had been my team leader, squad leader, I would have been a better soldier. You know, and 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 we enjoy each other's company. We like the same things, and we're not afraid of hardship. So getting to like do some rappels and and some mountaineering training up there with you was it was awesome. It was like a I don't know, like a little little time machine for a minute. But it also, you know, you get up there and you, you know, I was on top of the rappel tower, you know, and I'm getting all my kit ready. And it's like you're, you're leaning back towards the edge, testing your, your gear. And it's like you get that, that adrenaline jump and you get that nervous feeling, you know. Don't, don't let any airborne rangers or airborne anything tell you they're not afraid of heights. Everybody's afraid of heights. You know, so it was, it was nice to get that feeling again. Yeah, it was, uh, it was kind of a surreal period and for me um you know getting up on the tower and you know you've already gone through the note uh, the knots training and everything and they've showed you all the different um knots that you have to understand and we've got video and stuff we'll be dropping about that about the 
the ones that you actually um, have to know well enough to pass and you get multiple times to do that and that's part of the instruction we'll have within the video of what it takes to, to get through that segment but once you have those knots in that that rope set up the way it's supposed to be you feel pretty confident about you know you're tugging on it and pulling you know about um, it's going to carry your weight but until you get up there in that yeah. tower yeah. and you hook on even with the safety cable and they tell you to lean back and put all your weight and you're leaning back and, and if that thing's not there you're going over the side type of thing oh yeah and uh without the safety you know so the, the safety and everything sure gives you the confidence but it's got a long loop so mm -hmm. you're testing truly testing what you did yeah. and whether or not it's actually being effective and the confidence that you have in the ranger instructors that are standing there oh, on the yeah. tower with you that they're not going to let you go down that wall yeah. unless they know uh, full on. They test your equipment. They look at it. They spin it around. Yeah. They're they're tugging on it. They're doing everything to make sure. Yeah, you know, we've done all the pre-check and everything before you go down. And at that moment, when they unhook that safety cable, you know things are real at that. Point. Oh yeah, you know that's what that's what's cool about it. It's like yeah. now it's all in my hands. Right. And you know when, like you said, when you're hooked up and you're on the safety and you've got the RI right there. You know, that guy is so knowledgeable, and, mm -hmm. and you know the way they do their block instruction. Like, this guy knows this inside and out yeah. better, better than, you know, any anybody. So if he says it's going to work, that's like him saying the sun's going to come up tomorrow, in my yeah. mind. You know, I'm like, okay, this is absolutely going to work. And then you get down on the, you know, you're you're on your own rope, and it's like, okay, well, now this is all in my hands and my belayer is my safety and it's like all right do i have it well first especially when you yeah. take that first step and you go yeah, out of that ledge one, so they have you go over the tower and then they've got like a two by four uh you know maybe a two by six or whatever that's running up underneath it maybe about i don't know two feet below the the ledge uh, yeah two, three something feet like that. that so you you step down onto it and then that's when you're supposed to lean all the way back and yeah, l out yeah and and uh you know spread your legs and everything and you realize then that you are using nothing but the cables the yeah. techniques that they gave you um and the instruction everything you but, know but you you know when you think about that rob like if you and i just decided hey let's youtube some videos and we'll figure out how to repel and this and that because i'd have to relearn i haven't repelled probably since ranger school or shortly thereafter it's a long time it's a long time i mean i didn't yeah. remember you know the exact proper way to break and all of that stuff so it's good to get that refresher but we could probably go and we could you know, maybe join a climbing group on Facebook or something like that and get some gear and go out and find a cliff somewhere up in North Georgia and then try to repel and it would probably go okay because we're not idiots. But the difference between doing that, like seeking out a, an Army Ranger Mountaineering course yeah. that we get to go to and have those guys instruct us, it's like these are the best guys to do this. There's all these safety measures in place. They do it all the time with hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of ranger students. There's a big difference in how fast you can get from nervous about doing something new to doing multiple rappels down a tower, completely comfortable, just feeling good. And I think that's because it's your peers. It's the people that you seek out. And when I want to do something, I always try to seek out who's the best mm -hmm. guy or gal that can do this thing. And is willing to teach me. Right. And and that's where I try to go if I can. And it's... Well, and you're putting confidence in those individuals in, in a very strong way. And that means not only in the instruction and stuff like that, but what you're talking about or we're talking about is 
throughout your career. You're putting the faith and the confidence in the guys to the left and the right of you. You're putting the confidence in the leadership and your capability to lead others. And it's that, that kind of that circle. But you're also wanting to test your mustard and, you know, go a little bit further and see, um, hey, is this all that it is? What else can I do? How farther can I push my limits? And this type of school is a perfect opportunity for you to do that. And the reason why also mountain phase is so difficult is by the time you get done with Darby, I mean, you're kind of whooped. You're, you may have been yeah. getting four hours worth of sleep. Um, you're probably eating, you know, maybe a thousand calories a day or something of that or I mean, you're not eating enough calories. You're not you eating enough, that. and you've probably, you probably lost 30, 40 pounds at well, this point. And someone my size would probably lose about 20 to 25. Yeah. I'm, and I did. I lost 25 pounds in Darby Face. Yeah. Just gone in three weeks. Yeah. And I thought they weren't feeding us enough, but actually, I was glad we got to go up there. They feed you more calories in Ranger School than the recommended daily allowance for your average American diet, which yeah. is 2,000 calories. You're actually very often taking in more calories obviously especially in mountain phase i mean that's the point yeah Yeah, they start feeding you but you don't even recognize it to your point you don't even realize you're eating no you don't realize it and then but you're burning it off big time and you're starving i mean yeah i don't know how many calories you burn you know doing a patrol in the mountains but it's a lot it's got to be six thousand calories a day probably more yeah and you're tired yeah and yeah we got to we got to smell the ranger students but you know, their formation was going past us. We watched a, an incoming class from Darby Phase coming into um, Mountain Phase. And, man, you can smell those guys 15, 20, 30 feet away. Yeah. And if there's a formation of them farther because their muscles are breaking down and you smell ammonia and you smell, you know, like literally the tissues in your body are breaking down and dying. And, yeah. and these guys are just, you know, they got a duffel bag in each hand, a rucksack on their back, their kit on their chest, and another duffel bag on top of their rucksack and they're just humping you know just to get to for that's just to get to formation before you get chow for lunch for lunch you know it's that's tough man yeah no doubt about it um but you know there was some uh, discussion and stuff by both the command sergeant major and the colonel whenever the the team arrived from fourth ranger training battalion you know that came up from darby in the first initial phase that if you do everything that these you know ranger instructors tell you to do 85% of the people here or greater are going to pass yeah. this phase. And and you're going to go on to get your tab, you know, because if you can do it here, you should be able to then continue that process when you get to 6RTB. So it's not just because you did 5th RTB that in the mountain phase that that's why you get your tab, but it's more of you've now created um, the mindset in the most difficult, austere environment right. and challenging environment with, like you said, less sleep, less food, everything else, and you accomplished it because you paid attention, you were laser focused, and, um, and and it just comes to you. But also, you rely a lot on your peer group. You're a hundred percent. Yeah, you're no, ranger buddy. You're, no one you know, graduates ranger school on their own. Right. On their own effort. That's just not how it works. Yeah. yeah it's a hundred percent teamwork, and I I was really kind of inspired by uh, Command Sergeant Major Blackshear's you know, uh, incomers brief or newcomers brief to the students because it was something I hadn't thought of. He's like, you know, you've got, if you're private, you've got, you know, SF guys that are here that have been in for a long time and they're going to get their tab and, and they know stuff about, you know, everything. Mm-hmm. And you're never going to get a chance to get with those guys maybe for a few more years until you go to selection yourself. And, you know, the, the I bullet guys that are coming through 
on their way to their infantry, infantry officer, yeah, basic yeah, leadership course. Yeah, the, the, the infantry, yeah. <laughs> the, the new infantry yeah. officers. Yeah, um, that all have to go through. You know, if you're a private, you don't get to sit down and plan with your PL and see how his planning process works and and understand all of that stuff for years. Yeah, you know? and so now you're there, and you've got you might be in a squad full of I bullet guys, which was my case after I recycled. I had I think we had like six. Brand new lieutenants. Oh, wow. That was my squad. And we had um, a couple guys from 82nd um, or maybe 101st, can't remember. And it was awesome. Because yeah. It's like, okay, well, I've, you know, at that, that point, I was like, I pretty much got a handle on the, you know, platoon sergeant enlisted side of things, sort of, at least right. for ranger school purposes. And so we really bounced off each other well, and I learned so much about that. So it was sort of like it created a circle for me, that squad was like a high quality circle of people and I didn't have access to anybody else except for my RIs and that's how you become successful in that school is you have that good core group that you're relying on and you're, you're bouncing off each other you know the people that know more are mentoring you and when you know more you're offering that knowledge and now all of a sudden you get out and the man that's standing in that graduation is nowhere near the man that walked in to that school day one for rap week and and made a, a ranger attempt because i mean you're the same person but your capabilities right you know right now i have all these friends from that squad you know so if i have a question that would be appropriate for you know a, a young infantry captain well i'd know four or five of them you know that i went through ranger school with you that call network. them up yeah you know, that network that circle you know, also something that he said, uh, just for, you know, those of you who think, well, what about the, if I recycle or I fail, how is the next team or the next group going to embrace me as I come in? You know, and we saw there was, there's probably at least, what, 30, 40 recycles every class. And uh, yeah, that's exactly what the colonel said <laughs> and, uh, and, and Major Gonzalez. So, you know, there was, we didn't see that many that came running up that joined their platoons and they were, you know, the their RIs were hauling out uh, people's names and stuff so they can go and join their, their new little squad and such. But um, at any rate, one of the things that, again, the CSM mentioned, you know, the Command Sergeant Major was that, listen, you're going to have people here who are recycles. Don't look down on them. Actually, right. get with them because they right. went through this. You know, they actually have been here. Yeah, sure, they got to some point and... And for whatever reason, they are back now going through it again. But they've been here and kind of done that. And you should get with them to learn from them of what the mistakes were and how important certain aspects are. Like, you know, you don't realize until you get down into the lowers, you know, the, the area there where you start doing, say, knots and tower, the importance that you have to apply in these knots. I mean, oh, yeah. you've got like a minute to do these, uh, these different yeah. knots. And it's not a knot. It's a combination of knots with a rope, oh, yeah. and you've got to do it in a timed event and everything, and you're already nervous and, and such, and and this may be your first time ever dealing with knots. Yeah. And um, so, you know, you get a chance then to work with somebody that's recycled before you get to that point, and they say, hey, listen, knots are important. Let me show you guys some tips and tricks that, you know, right. my RI or, you know, what we learned in the last cycle and all of a sudden, guys are starting to pick up these things, yeah. and they are able to ace it a whole lot better. And especially if I was a guy that had a ranger buddy that recycled, like you, oh, yeah. then I would have been with you and going, Paul, man, you got to show me, you know, show me what it was and help me through this thing, because I may not be as strong as you are in that aspect. Yeah. You know? Well, I think even going through some of these schools like this, like if I was getting ready for sniper school or something, 
it, it really didn't matter the school. I'd, I'd ask one of my buddies that, you know, we were on equal footing aside from maybe one school or qualifier. I'm like, hey, how'd you do it? You know, or, or what? And just knowing somebody that's done it before, it's like, okay, well, I can, I can do what this guy can do for the mm-hmm. most part. So I got a pretty good shot at this. Or if you're nervous about maybe you're from somewhere where you never had the opportunity to do anything like a challenge course or an obstacle course or, or repel, that's a scary thing. Yeah. You know, just like airborne school, it's a scary thing, even though it's, it's as safe as it could be for that kind of event. And just having somebody you know and trust that's been through it and say, hey, I'm scared about this. Like, don't worry about it, buddy. It's going to be easy. Or by the time you get up there, you're going to be fine. Yeah. And there have been many points in my military education where it's, I'm like, man, this is, this is going to be tough. I don't know if I can do it. Or, you know, this is very intimidating because it's of whatever reason. And you talk to one of your guys and they're like, no, I did it. And, you know, this is kind of how it's going to go. So having somebody that knows the lay of the land can just that extra bit of confidence, anything that can take away that little bit of self-doubt, anything that can quiet that voice in the back of your mind that's saying, I don't know if I got this, can can take you from failure to success means you have to humble yourself quite a bit oh, yes yes and, and that was another one of the things that he pointed out and said you know humility is something that you need to to really understand here by going through this course you know you're gonna have to humble yourself you know you may be a guy that came from 75th ranger regiment and you know you've got to show humility or an officer you've got to show humility mm-hmm. or or those types of things because to your point you know you they want them to interact and learn from each other but you know, we we have talked about this in previous episodes. You are um, kind of the a product of the circle of friends you hang yes. out with. And if you think about even going back to your youth, in early days and everything, the reason why you got in trouble when you start thinking about it is because of friends you hung out with. And your parents, your mother probably come and told you, your father go, the reason why, Paul, you keep getting in trouble and everything yeah. is because those three thugs you keep hanging yeah, out hanging with. Hanging out with those scumbags. <laughs> yep. So, yeah, and the same thing is true within the military career. You may be labeled in such uh, in the same way. And, you know, and that's why you know, it's so important that while you're going through the school that you take care of one another and uh, in the yeah. program and you learn that you are the product because you could get lumped into a group that yeah. well, I think that's doesn't a, get good. You know, I don't, I don't know if it matters if, if you're in the school or not. Yeah, I true. think that, I, and I know from past experience because, I'm a, kind of an adrenaline junkie and I'm not risk averse and sometimes you make friends with people that are similar but maybe they're not as moral or, or whatever and maybe you're not either Yeah. and then you get judged your character gets judged because of the people you're hanging out with and you don't realize but you've been hanging out with these people and it's like I've let my values slide a little bit and I'm not being true to what I want to do and I'm not accomplishing what I want to do it's the same reason people move out of bad neighborhoods you know, you move out of a bad neighborhood because you're, you're, the density of peer quality is not there. And the people I know that are the most successful, they have good peers. They say that you're going to be most like the five people you spend the most amount of time with. And that's not, I, I don't think, that's compulsory. Yeah. That's just how the, the, the human, a human being works. So you got to pick those people very, very carefully. You know, if you're spending a lot of time with people that... You, you don't really like or you're not really invested in or you're kind of ambivalent about their values or they don't line up with your goals you got to make some changes or you're going to end up in that ambivalent area because it's it's like the kind of it's like an initiative thing yeah you, know, you gotta take the initiative to be where you want to be take the initiative to find the people who can help you to get where you want to be yeah 
And the same is, uh, of course, true there. I mean, uh, you get peer-reviewed, um, yeah. you know, during the course, and so it's very important for you to, to make good friends, to be uh, humble, yeah. uh, to make sure you extend the olive leaf and, uh, you know, understand and learn from one another and everything, and, you know. But that's why that school works. That's right. why you can take a private and, I know, a young lieutenant and an E6 or E7 from Special Forces Group and a foreign student and some 82nd guys and some of them are NCOs and a lot of them are privates it just depends and mash them all together and work because they've created a circle for you with the selection process mm -hmm. the guys that don't make it through the pre-ranger certs and the guys that don't make it through rap week and the guys that don't pass Darby phase and peers and the guys that don't pass you know lowers and uppers on Mount Yona um, and they get and by the time you get to Florida it's like okay now the guys that were not as motivated or this and that and the cadre is the same way. The right. reason they're able to put out that standard of excellence is because everybody is like-minded and, you know, it's sort of a, a manufactured peer selection process when your cadre there or when your um, support staff there. Because it's like, okay, these guys are not meeting the standard. They're out of there. Then when you get out of the military, you don't have anybody to help you do that. And so you got to try to kind of figure out, okay, this guy I need to spend more time with because he's helping me you know, learn and grow and, and be more successful, whether it's business or personal, which is, you know, what I find with your friendship. And so anytime I get a chance to hang out with you, Rob, I'm like, all right, let's do it. Buy the plane ticket. We'll go down and, and hang out with Rob and, you know, cause I know I'm going to get better. And that's, you know, I appreciate that. I think yeah. it's a, it's a well, mutual feeling because, uh, what your experiences and what you've been through does the same thing. And then, and again, it goes back to, you know, making sure that you select the right, what they call the circle of five, you know, make sure that you're selecting the right group. If you don't feel challenged enough, if you don't feel like you're getting everything that you need out of it, then go to something like this kind of premier leadership course and uh, to build that network, to find the right like-minded people or search out assignments and, and uh, harder training and harder schools. If you're out in the private sector, do the exact same thing. There are opportunities galore out there for you to really expand your horizon and whether it's a hobby or it's a job or whatever the case may be um, there are opportunities out there galore for you to be able to do that type of stuff and um, again can't thank everybody at uh, fifth ranger training battalion we're going to get into more and more of each of the different pieces that we experienced which yeah. was very cool uh, but we're also going to um, get a chance to expose you guys to some of the ranger instructors at different yeah. levels whether they were you know, from the S3 shop, which is, you know, the operational piece, or they were first sergeants or ranger instructors, and um, they came and sat down with us, and we're going to be dropping those episodes and their amazing stories and journey and such, and what they talk about when we ask them about the 5th RTB, um, about the training, and about what they can take away or offer you as suggestions. So stay tuned. Uh, we got a lot more stuff to drop, and again, um, if you're listening to this and you've stuck all the way, go out there, give us a like, uh, leave us a comment, tell us what you'd like to see in here. We're going to have a lot more opportunities to go to Fort Benning, Fort Bragg, and some of these other installations, 101st up at Fort Campbell. And um, we want to be able to... Maybe Hawaii? Uh, yeah. Maybe. Uh, yeah. Maybe, maybe Hawaii. Hawaii because the 25th, uh, we've got a couple folks that are actually leaving yeah. 5th RTB going to the 25th. Yeah. So uh, that'd be awesome, you know, to go Pretty out cool. there. And uh, so what we want you to do, though, is uh, make sure you tell uh, your friends and, and all that about the podcast and what's uh, available out there. And if you haven't already gone out and listened to us out there on in your favorite YouTube, uh, I'm sorry, your favorite podcast app like Spotify and Apple and 
Podbean and you know all these uh, other types of avenues and stuff, please do so because we have a lot of shows, about 320 episodes already as of this date um, that you can go out and listen to. So please do that. Thanks so much again for tuning in to Mentors for Mail. Thanks, guys. Thank you.